Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk all things WTA and handicap the WTA. I'm Noops, and joining me as always from the other side of this glorious country, um, just a few days after the celebration of our independence. How are you, Spread? Did you get to see any fireworks? Oh, yeah, my neighborhood turns, yeah, it's nuts. I just walk outside, I don't even buy any. That's awesome. How about you, Jorge? Did you get to see any fireworks on July 4th, or is uh, Canada not participating this year? Uh, so no, you're you'll be surprised. This is I was one of my favorite weeks of the year. One, Wimbledon starts. Two, it's July first, which is our our day, and then three, it's July fourth, which is your day. And I swear, we had fireworks on July fourth at our local park. I think it was people with leftover fireworks, or maybe some Americans in town were setting off fireworks. So I got to see them on Jan, uh, July first, and then again on July fourth. Well, speaking of fireworks, we've had a fantastic week at Wimbledon. Some absolutely incredible matches. And what we thought we'd do, check in a little bit for you guys, the listeners, recap kind of what's happened, hit some big topics, see if we can pick a winner, see if there's any value in the outright markets. And then, of course, we'll go match by match uh, since we'll have the round of 16. And you'll have plenty of time since we have the day off tomorrow. Actually, before we jump in, Jorge, what are you going to do all day tomorrow? There's no tennis. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking about going to the cottage, but... Not for a day. How about you, know. Spread? You gonna sit at home, twiddle your thumbs? I should probably clean this house because I've just been getting up and watching tennis and then eating, and yeah, it's gonna get clean around here. I think I'm just gonna stare at like a wall and just contemplate <laughs> things. Who knows? All right, but let's jump into the, the week that was. We'll start in the first quarter. Tournament favorite Ashley Barty has looked fantastic. Has yet to drop a set. Um, you know, winning pretty comfortably. Six four six two over Sai Sai Zhang. 6-1-6-3 over Van Udvank, and 6-1-6-1 over Harriet Dart. Looking at the outright market, she is still the favorite at plus 250. We'll start with you, Spread. Do you, have you seen anything um, that leads you to believe Ashley Barty isn't still the favorite to win this event? And do you think there's any value in that price at plus 250? Uh, I still think she's a favorite, and there probably is value. She's... Um... I watched her today, and it wasn't even close to a competitive match. Now, obviously, Harriet Dart isn't the uh, strongest competition, but she was still able to win a couple matches, and it didn't even—it looked like an exhibition or a practice. Just uh, unbelievable how well Barty's playing right now. So we got Serena Williams sitting in the bottom half of the quarter. Do you think that's a problem, Jorge? Has she looked good this last week? Uh, That—that's where my issue would come up regarding. Uh, any value on Barty's number. One, Williams, and then two in the semis, you'd be looking at Petra Kvitova, who has won this event uh, multiple times, loves the grass, and despite the injury concerns, our uh, our friend, uh, good friend of the show, John Joe, I think called this um, when he said, the, you know, conspiracy theory alert, he tweeted out, what if she's just trying to relieve some pressure and expectations? And sure looks like, you know, we can't prove it, we can't say it for certain, I'm not saying he's 100% definitively right, but I'm certainly inclined to believe him when I see her go 6-4-6-2-7-5-6-2-6-3-6-2 into the fourth round. Absolutely rolled through this week. Um, we'll talk about her matchup with Conta a little bit, um, but getting back to the first quarter. So what do we think, guys? Serena Williams or Ashley Barty going to win the first? I'll start with you, Spread. I take Barty, but one interesting thing, if we get there, I don't think Barty's ever beat Serena in a head-to-head, so... Uh, if she does, it'll definitely be a tribute to her um, improved play. But if you're just watching those two and you're, you don't take the history into it, um, you definitely, uh, you know, if you're just watching how they're playing this week, Barty looks much better. So they played twice, once in 2014 at the Australian Open, 
Serena won six two six one. Wow! And then yeah. last year at the French, they played in a three set match. Barty won the first set six uh, three, but then Williams wins the next two six three six four. So not much of a head to head, and definitely nothing on this surface. What do you think, Jorge? Does Barty get it done? Uh, yeah, I think considering uh, you know put con- putting that into context, twenty fourteen means nothing. I think that was pre Barty leaving for cricket. Um, back when her mind wasn't in tennis. Uh, and she was burning out. And two, I mean, on clay, uh, she, I think this year was the first year she really felt comfortable on it. So taking Serena to three, I'm still suspect. I still suspect and have red flags with Serena's movement. And if Barty can utilize that slice and move her back and forth and keep that ball low and out of Serena's hitting zone, I do think she wins that match. I faded Serena against Gurgis. Wasn't the right move, apparently. Um, I thought that... With a, with a big server, we could uh, we could avoid seeing too many breaks, but I, I was hoping for at least uh, a couple five all sets and go to like a, a flip kind of thing to to get a nice plus money win. But um, I do think Serena loses to uh, to Barty in that quarter, and I would love to see Suarez Navarro take her out, and then I wouldn't have to hedge the quarterfinal, um, and I could just start hedging our our kind of net worth uh, outright in the semis, but. Uh, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm looking actually at prices to win the quarter, and Serena Williams is plus one thirty-five to win the first quarter, which I guess really what this implies is that Barty would be a favorite over Williams. Um, that's kind of interesting. I, I, what do you guys think if we do get a Barty Williams match? Who's going to be the favorite there? Barty. Yeah, I'd put her minus one fifty. I'll bet you it'll be yeah. closer because of public perception. Yes, but. I completely agree with everything that yeah. Yeah, that'll be a fascinating line. I, I think, um, you know, if Serena comes out, blows out Suarez Navarro, which she'll be very capable of. Maybe Barty finally gets a tough match with Allison Risk, but we'll talk about those more in a little bit. Um, let's jump into the second quarter. We've got the final four women standing here. Barbara Stritzova, Elise Mertens, Joe Conta, and Petra Kvitova. Um, looking back through here at, at some of the matches we've had. Um, actually, Spread, I'll, I'll go to you. What do you think about the second quarter? Anything stand out to you? Uh, yeah, just how well Petra Cavito has played. I'm regretting the fact that, you know, the injury talk kept me off that outright because she's looking fantastic right now. And I think that um, of all the remaining players, if you're jumping in late on the outrights, I think her at 7-1 to one is the best value. That's really interesting. Let me see if, if, if I've got 7-1 to one as well. What do you think, Jorge? What stuck out to you in the second quarter? I'm really intrigued by this Strichkova Meritans match. Uh, I've got an outright on Strichkova. Um, I didn't have it on the pod last week, but after after we recorded, I went back and, and saw some Unibet numbers that were that were crazy, and I just I didn't scroll down far enough. But um, myself, my subscribers got her, I think four hundred to one. So I think I might just back Mertens here on a hedge play, though I do think Strichkova has a great shot to win. Um, I just don't. I, I'm a little undecided because you've got to look ahead too. If she plays Kvitova, that becomes super, super tough uh, to hedge. Yeah, I kind of with and was spread on this one. I think it is Kvitova or pass at this point. Um, looking at her price to win the the quarter itself, she's plus one ten. Um, I don't know if I like that as much as the price uh, to win the whole the whole thing. I'm seeing actually a seven and a half to one. What I are you just. I would just prefer you you go big on her to beat Joe Conta. We'll get into the individual matches later, but that price is way off, um, and it's definitely going to be a play for me. 
I already if, bet it. I bet yeah. it while we were doing our pre pre show. I would rather bet prices. Right. I would rather bet multiple units on her to win this individual match and then carry forward as opposed to, to, to betting an outright price for a half unit or, or a single unit and then need multiple match wins. I mean, if you if you really are that confident, go big on her first match against Conta. Sure, the risk increases a little bit. I'm fine with that. I really like the my percentage versus the, the implied probability percentage has me very confident um, that this is a, 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 a great opportunity to go large. And then you can decide moving forward each individual match how you want to play her against if you think she beats Mertens or Strichkova, play her individually throughout. I'm not saying a rolling ML parlay. Um, more like, you know, find a spot where the spread seems reasonable and then hit it. And I think you can make more doing that, to be honest. Hmm. I like that strategy. That's a really good way to kind of attack that. I think you're right. The outright prices are probably right where they need to be or, or not really much value. Um, flipping through, the only two players that I saw that stuck out, Sloane Stevens looked nice today in her match with Joe Conta. Um, you know, she wore down at basically the end of that second set. I don't know if either of you guys got a chance to watch that, um, but a good week for her as far as I'm concerned. I don't think that loss to Conta is really a bad loss. Kind of a weird week for Kiki Burton's. Um, took her three sets to beat Taylor Townsend. She was a huge favorite of that match and then lost pretty routinely today to Stritzova. Um, do either of you guys have any thoughts on those two players or anybody else in the second quarter before we move on? Not really. Um, I, I think really the, the strategy here is to just, like I said, back Kvitova through um, in, in that manner. I'm not, I don't see how Conta beats her. I think Conta's probably the second best player on grass in this quarter, and that price is way off on the individual match, so I'm sure outright price is also probably uh, skewed a little expensive. Um, so, yeah, just just give me Kvitova here in different capacities, and then I'll find a way to hedge with Barty uh, if they meet in the semifinals. All right, spread ready for the third quarter? Let's do it. All right, we've got Spitalina and Martich left in the top half. We've got Pliskova and Vuchova on the bottom half. You know, when we previewed this quarter, we really talked about how this is kind of Pliskova's quarter. Um, and we'll go back to that. You know, spread, do you still feel kind of the same way? Do you think this is Pliskova's quarter to lose? Yeah, and if we're discussing stuff, I know we've discussed it in the chat, I think if the grass is playing slower, like everyone's kind of talking about, and it's kind of been, you know, a side plot of this event, I actually think it helps Pliskova with her not being the fastest player. I think that it actually kind of suits her, and I think that's why she does well on clay. And I think this could be an advantage for her, and, you know, maybe something that we didn't expect that, you know, might allow her to jump in the final or maybe even uh, get a title here because she seems pretty comfortable so far. How about you, Jorge? Can you see Svitolina Martic or even Machova taking out Pliskova? Yeah, I could see Martich doing it. I could see Svitolina do it. Um, I really like Machova's game. I don't see her doing it in this spot, especially with the form that uh, Carolina's in. She's she's playing really, really good tennis right now. Um, and I think that, you know, the, like, like Spread said, if it's a bit slower, it helps her, I think, get to more balls. But at the same time, uh, her serve is never going to be impacted by, you know, there's no slow. There's no such thing as slow grass, slowing down serves. So I think that uh, I think the serve is always going to be a huge advantage. And if it is playing a bit slower, she does have that ability uh, to perhaps get to a few more balls, or at least uh, not just get to them, but but get them in their hitting zone um, as she as she approaches them. So uh, I think the form right now, the, the drop set to Sue Shea, it's it, you know it's tough to read into that too much because she takes 
a lot of sense for a lot of people with her style. She makes a lot of adjustments um, after the first uh, set that she loses, so it happens a lot. Um, yeah, I, I think that Pliskova's got a really good chance here. Oddly enough, I don't think she's got a good chance to win the entire tournament. Uh, I don't think uh, she's going to beat some of those players in the top half. I don't like her against Serena. don't like her against Kvitova, and I don't like her against Barty. Um, but I think in the bottom half, she's, she's got a decent shot to make a run to the final at least. Yeah, I want to put a pin in this a little bit. I was looking at the quarter prices. I've got Martich 4.5 to 1 to win the quarter and Svitolina 4 to 1 to win the quarter. Um, when we get to that match, I want to talk about maybe instead of you know, taking either side, whether or not we look at that. So let's put a pin in that for just a second. Um, any other thoughts from you guys about the third quarter? Um, you know, Sue Shea played two nice matches, gave Pliskov a little trouble. Pretty good week for her, probably given expectations. Um, Annette Contivate won two matches, um, lost a tough one to Muchova. And Zachary looked pretty solid, actually. I thought she had, had a good week. And hopefully Mar Margarita Gaspar gets better. But um, anything to add before we jump into the fourth? Uh, Spitalina's playing pretty well. You have to be pretty happy about that, right, Jorge? Yeah, uh, I think that uh, this was unforeseen. Perhaps the uh, the re uh, reunification and the reopening of the Gems account <laughs> has has helped. So I'd like to thank Gail Monfils for that because she certainly looked lost uh, prior to them kind of reuniting. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. She's looked decent. Uh, beat Gas uh, Gasparian who gave her trouble and beat her the last time they played on grass. So that was nice to see. Um, now that was an injury-related thing, so I know it's you feel bad for her. But, you know, she, she's rolling right now, and I think uh, I think she has a chance to beat Martich. Uh, Martich can hit big, but I think Svitolina has the angles and the, the ability to go back and forth and counterpunch. That suits really well. So uh, that Plushko match would be really tough, though. I'd love to see her make, uh, make a semi, though. It'd be really nice. All right, let's yeah, I think it. if they do if they do meet up, that's going to be uh, that's where the surf advantage, surface advantage would jump in, even with uh, Spitz playing her best. All right, let's jump into the fourth quarter. We've got Simona Halep, Coco Goff, Shui uh, Zhang, and Diana Yastremska. And Coco Goff, um, the big name from the tournament, the 15-year-old American. Um, I don't know if we've actually mentioned her on the podcast at all because um, I don't think she's played at the WTA event in, in quite some time, but. Um, Spread and Jorge, I know you guys have followed the game for a long time and have watched her rise through juniors. Um, I'll start with you, Jorge. You know, is this what you envisioned when you started to watch Coco Goff even a few years ago? You know, I didn't see 15-year-old Coco making a run to the to Manic Monday at Wimbledon. Um, you know, I thought that perhaps we'd witness this at the U.S. Open if the USTA gave her, you know, main draw wild card. Um, but Wimbledon gave her a qualies wild card, and she blitzed through it. Her game is incredible. Her backhand is already, you know, top shelf stuff. That at least on grass, that flat, hard hit backhand. She moves so, so well. She's not bothered by the drop shots. She's not bothered by by the slices. She can get to the ball. Uh, and I've never. I, there, she's more mentally resilient already than you know half the freaking tour. And she's fifteen. She doesn't let bad points get to her. She doesn't show a lot of emotion. She Even after her wins, um, the last one, obviously, she jumped up and down. But after her second win, it was very, very business-like onto the third round. Um, just super impressive. And no, I did not envision it this early. Uh, you know, the whole world is kind of learning her name uh, this week. But 
I, I thought it would be at least the U.S. Open or one of those maybe uh, U.S. hardcore events, like a premier event, San Jose or something, or you know, one of the USTA and 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 uh, an American tournament teaming up together a wild card. Did not envision it would happen at uh, at Wimbledon. This is an incredible story, and to me, this is already one of the the top sports stories of 2019. That's not going to get that much play on you know a Skip Bayless or a, a Clay Travis or a Stephen A. Smith show because Americans, frankly, don't give a crap about tennis, and it's sport number 9 or 10 down there. But if this was happening in uh, you know, any other sport Americans love, if you had a 15-year-old basketball player that was you know, playing in the summer, beating college you know, NCAA kids, it would be a national story. It would be one of the top stories of 2019. Well, let me correct Jorge there real quick. Um, actually, it's funny. I was actually going to talk about this before he brought it up, but it's ESPN doesn't really sell news. They sell stories. And Coco Golf is a story that they're selling. So, you know, just running around doing my errands. I always usually flip on the radio, and then I switch over to podcasts once it gets boring or annoying. But they've all been talking about Coco Golf, um, at least on the ESPN radio. And it's been really exciting. You know, if that's what it takes to get everyone interested, I'm all for it. And um, so, actually, she has kind of been making, you know, the big stories. And I'll bet you... I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you to do it because that's just too cruel. But if you were to find clips of First Take and all those shows, I'm sure they'll be discussing her on Monday because she was a pretty big topic around here on the on the national radio scene. As far as her making, oh, go ahead. My, no, my issue wasn't with them not talking about her. My issue was with how are they talking about it? Are they framing her as this is one of the best sports stories of, of the entire year? Because frankly, it is. This is this is to me a bigger story than the American women winning the women's World Cup tomorrow because everyone know, knew that was coming. I think they're talking about it in a way that it's a big story because it's tennis and we're talking about it. It hasn't quite gotten over that cliff yet where it, it's just a big moment. It's like. This 15-year-old girl's making a run at Wimbledon. Oh, wow, we're talking about tennis. It's, it's kind of that thing. Um, but I think it is still a big story and not just a big story for, say, tennis or even just sports in general. Um, a lot of people that I have in my life that you know, know I have a women's tennis podcast and think it's kind of silly have been bugging me the last few days. Oh, who's this girl? Is she really that good? Um, you know, And like Spread is talking about, I've been exposed to a little bit of it. I was poking around looking for some stuff yesterday. I read... Um, a couple articles that, you know, really kind of poorly written things, people that clearly don't watch a lot of tennis or follow the sport are just trying to make a pass at it and, you know, admiral work, I guess. But um, I, I don't think we're quite there yet in terms of being a big story on its own. Yeah. Um, as far as her results so far, the thing that's I, – I didn't think she was ready. You know, you said that she hadn't played. She actually played some majors. I think she was down in Miami. I know she played the French. And I actually tuned in because we've known about her for a while. And uh, it's funny how I mentioned basketball. It is kind of like basketball where the top talents are, you know, kind of recognized at a young age. And we're kind of, we've kind of, I've been hearing about her for a couple of years now because she's done well on the junior circuit. But I've watched her, and I didn't think she was ready at all. I thought that uh, she was going to have a lot of problems against Venus. And then I also thought that – um, you know, Ry Barakova being, uh, you know, an excellent grass player and just kind of being an established veteran, not to mention the adrenaline dump after beating Venus, that, you know, she was going to struggle there. She proved me wrong. And, um, you know, a lot to expect from her in the future. But I would also warn, she hasn't necessarily had the toughest draw to get here. And there might be some value in fading her as it goes forward. Um. Well, I, I really wanted to fade her this round, uh, but, you know, that Halep price is, is big, and 
I'm probably going to leave that. But I would say that, you know, Venus Williams, as much as I can't stand her, a lot of players uh, can't stand her now, I should say. I still think, by the way, Venus is probably the second greatest player of all time. Uh, Forget Grand Slam title numbers. If her sister isn't there, she beats every single woman uh, for Grand Slam uh, top majors or major titles um, in, in history. So she's the second greatest player of all time in my book behind her sister. Uh, that said, uh, right now she's not the same. You're right, but and she didn't play that well in that match. But it doesn't. But it regardless, my, like how many times do we see kids go up against their idols? Men go up against Federer, and they're tight and they're nervous because they're playing their idols. Coco was uh, point. playing free. I don't think that's an easy match at all when you're going up against one of your idols. Um, and then Rybakova was a former semifinalist here, and the toughest part of that match isn't just that she's playing a very good grass specialist. It's that, one, it's the difference in styles. Venus is the hard-hitting, big-serving power player on grass. Rybarakova is the opposite. She's got the big serve, but then it's a lot of slices and a lot of keep the ball low. Um, so the fact that you're 15 and you can go from, you know, a hard-hitting big server to the slice-and-dice kind of player, making that adjustment is absolutely incredible. And I think that's what I liked most about um, that win. And then the Herzog win was that I didn't play my best, but I came through it mentally, didn't get down on myself when I was down a set in 5-2, and still came back. So she's shown a bit of everything this week. She's shown the ability to be power. She's shown the ability to be slice and dice. She's shown the ability to, to go style to style and adjust, and she's shown the ability to stay strong mentally when her game may not all be there. And I think at 15, that's that's incredible. The Herzog match was unbelievable. Um, you know, Herzog playing some really, really great tennis, takes that first set, gets the early break in the second. And it was interesting to see Goff and how measured she was, how her her face never changed, her attitude, her pacing, just kind of going through the motions, getting staying with her rhythm, trusting her tennis. It was truly incredible to watch it, you know, for anybody, let alone a 15-year-old. So I think she's had a great week. Now, looking at the outright market, it seems that the betting markets agree as well. Um, I was surprised to see she is the fourth favorite right now to win Wimbledon. She's 7-1. to one. She has yeah, better odds. She has lower odds than Petra Kvitova, Simona yeah, Halep. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of that? I mean, that's another reason. Like for my the reason, I jumped in on Kvitova today. Is she, you know, you're putting her the same as Coco Goff. I'll take Kvitova all day at this at this junction. So I was really surprised by that. Yeah, anything to add there, Jorge? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a great story, and I'd love to see her win it, but. Come on. <laughs> yeah, seven to one is pretty ridiculous. I mean, think about this. She's seven to one to win the whole thing. Uh, she's like, what is it? Three to one. Yeah, four she's to one. Four to one. She's four to one <laughs> to beat Simona at most books to win this match. And then you still have to go through a Barty, Serena, or Kvitova, or she'll also yeah. be four to one. I, hello, if you're betting the outright price, reevaluate how you bet and how you you think through things because. Like you, you could just money, like money, money. Oh my gosh, money line parlay through this. Uh, well, can I mention and end that up with way more Absolutely. on five dimes? She's sixteen to one, so that's seven to one. Okay, well there you go. That's a little better, but it's still I think way 16 off. Sixteen to one makes. I think that's no. Right. She's, she's gonna be a two right to, there two to one to three to one dog the rest of the way. Mm, not necessarily. Not in that. Not in that quarter. If she beats Halop. Against Zhang or Yastremska, she's not. She's not two or three. That's true. Against Yastremska, you're right. But no, against Zhang. Against Zhang, she's favored in my opinion. I favor her there. So uh, it's 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 the the final where she'll be a big uh, 
Well, even in the semifinal, she'll be a big dog to Pliskova or, um, you know, Martic or Svitolina, won't she? Yeah, Pliskova, yes. Martic, Martic is probably maybe even. not. They probably make that even just yeah. off name. Because people uh, are going to want a better. Yeah, I, 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 I think Pliskova, you're right. I'm not sure on Svitolina, and I'm not sure on Martic that that would be the even case. Even if the books think that Martic should be minus 130, minus 140, they'd probably make it even just because. People are going to want to bet on this person. This is a fun story. They want to be involved in it, you know. It's not fun to bet against the uh, the fun story, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. You always got to be careful of that. I think we're seeing that in in droves and that outright number because, you know, I, I, I imagine a lot of people are just going, ah, oh, I'll better to win Wimbledon. That sounds like fun. Not even yeah, looking at any of the secondaries. Yeah, the same as betting the Cubs to win the World Series every year or betting, you know, Steelers Tiger to win, to win every major. It's just because, you know, it's fun to do. All right, guys, so from an outright perspective, it sounds like the only one thinking about making making a move here is spread. Um, did you invest any capital in Kvitovic 7-1, or, or are you still Yeah, I jumped about in. It? No, I jumped in while we are doing our prep. Awesome. So we got one outright pick there. There was nothing else for me. I didn't think there was anything else for you, Jorge. Well, you there? saw some alive. All mine have been sunk like the Titanic. Yeah, I'm, I'm still sitting on, uh, on uh, a small, small risk play. Uh, a small stretch of a play, and then the Barty play that, that we I don't think I'm going to be adding anything, especially now that all the numbers are gone. If I was going to play Kavita, it would probably have been earlier. Um, I'm not going to play her at 7-1 to one now. Uh, although if I did play Kavita, I do think that Barty could play in the semis, and I'm kind of sitting in the final with a 7-1 to one ticket, and they're both favored in that final um, against whoever comes out of the bottom half. So I may do it just on the principle that I think Kavita... I, no, I think I'll just play Kvitova individually. Um, I, I, I see the, the the advantage to taking her at that number if you've got a Barty outright at our 33-to-1 number. It's an early hedge. Because I do believe that one of those two makes the final, and I think the percentages on one of those, like, those two against the field, I, I'd have that at over 50%, um, even with Serena up there in that first half. But at the same time, I think that... There's more risk but more value in sticking with playing Kvitova individually. Go large against Conta, um, and then, you know, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Look at that. That's that's live, not live, but that's uh, that's unedited podcasting for you, folks. That's right. That's right. That's I like to get Jorge on off, off his feet a little bit. So, um, if you're looking for an outright Kvitova at seven and a half to one, I like that price, but. I'm going to pass on that, I think. You know, again, we've got Barty. Um, I've still got a couple quarter prices, and I've actually got Hal up there in the bottom. So um, plenty still left to go. But we've got the round of 16 here. I'm sorry, do you have anything else, Jorge? Yeah, nothing to do with tennis. I said I picked up my Tim Hortons coffee here, and I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna take a three or four swigs of that so that brain fart doesn't happen again, gents. <laughs> That's wonderful. Tim Hortons, the official cup of Canada. That's right. we got Canadian flags on our... Uh... Or the little bag that my donut came in has a little Canadian maple flag on it. Ooh, Love what it. kind of donut? Oh, I gotta go with maple. Maple, that's wonderful. I'm a Boston cream guy, but we digress. We've got the round of 16s. So we've got eight pretty fantastic matches on Manic Monday. We'll start with Ashley Barty. She is a huge favorite over Allison Risk. Minus 700, minus five and a half games. A spread that she has covered comfortably in each match so far. And I'm seeing the total at 19. The over pretty juicy at minus 125 so what do we think guys does the uh, grass court specialist in risk have any chance to maybe knock Barty off is that total a little bit low frankly I was kind of expecting something closer to 20 but 
Um, start with you, Spray. What do you think of that? Uh, that's one of those ones we've talked about where the math and the value would be- tell you to bet risk, but I'm not doing it. Um, you know, but if you have to degen out, I think it's risk or no play. That number's just way too high, yeah. but I'm not getting in front of Ash Barty right now, so no play. I would 100% agree with that, and it feels it feels weird because I, I'm not going to start hedging here, but if I play, I have risk at one book at plus 550. Like six six point five to one six point five or five and a half to one or however you want to word it um, at Unibet and they have the spread at where do they have their spread? Goodness, they have their spread at six and a half, but it's minus one thirty five. It's a juiced six and a half, but you get a full game, and you're paying maybe you know fifteen cents to get that full game and cross another key number at six. That's that's so huge. I don't think I'm going to. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm going to play it. But there is value in that number. Um, I'm certainly not going to start hedging. Like if I played it, it wouldn't be as a hedge. I wouldn't necessarily then say, okay, I have to hedge the quarter and the semi and the final. Um, but it is tempting. It at at plus five fifty. I know Barty's been in great form, but so is Risk, and this is her surface. And uh, if she formulates a good game plan, she can keep it close. Yeah, I'm seeing four and a half to one at five and a half to one. That that'd be worth a little lunch money, and I've got plus five and a half games. I, I would instead of the plus six and a half, maybe look for a better price on plus six games. Those well, that's two bills seem a little big. The problem with that for me is, you know, my books Pinnacle offers I think half games for uh, five different numbers, um, and then Unibet though offers their spread, and then they have two alt spreads. Um, one that is, you know, three games either side. They don't do the half games up and down. So mm-hmm. I can't get plus six with them, but plus six at Pinnacle uh, is is based on their spread of, you know, f- they, they, they're they at five and a half. So six is, uh, you know, minus 130. Where I, for minus 135, I can get six and a half at Unibet, right? So I think value-wise, logically speaking, it makes sense to pay that tiny bit more juice to get that extra half game in the hook on a key number at six. Six three six three is a very possible result, and the six and a half caches, the six pushes, and it's a tiny amount more juice. Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right about the value in six and a half, but I always try to look for the cheaper number. So if you have to go six and a half, it's a little juicier. I, I don't mind that. Um, any other thoughts, guys? No, let's move on. So interestingly enough, Serena Williams playing Carlos Suarez Navarro. Serena, a little bit of a little less of a favorite here. I'm seeing than Barty is against Allison Risk, which kind of sticks out to me as odd. Um, same spread, minus five and a half games, but I've got Serena minus 650, uh, CSN plus 425. The total is at 19, and I've actually already bet the under on that. Um, really shocked to see a number that high. That number should be 18, so I've actually got two units down already on under 19. Um, what do you think? Do you guys have any angles here? Well, why do you think? You why do you th- oh, go ahead. That's okay, Spray, go. I was going to say, why do, you, I mean, why, why do you think that number is 18? Let me pull up. Their I mean, head-to-head six, three, history. Six, oh, I know um, CSN's never beat her, has she? She's never beat her, and, and I think the like the largest total they've ever had is like sixteen. Oh, um, really? Serena, okay. Serena Williams herself, Matt averages about 19, 19 and a half games on grass. Um, uh-huh. So you know, assuming she comes out and plays her best, so you know, all these matches are pretty old, actually, 2015, 2014 time frame. But six one six three, six two six zero, oh, six two six three, six zero oh, six zero, oh, six two six zero, oh, six zero oh, six three. Wow. So. Okay. She's never, now, she's never won now more I than see five why you games. Make that, bet. that makes a lot more sense now that you explain it that way. How many were on grass there? Um, 
Um, none. All clay or hard courts. And you'd think that would exacerbate the problem on grass uh, for Suarez Navarro. Is this the normal grass, exactly. though? We didn't even it, get into that do yet. We wanna, do we want to touch on that? What, no, are we giving that any credence? No, I, I can't. This talk, I think when we talk about surface speed, and you see it with a lot of handicapping, and people get so, you hear the grass is slow. Okay, this is my this is my huge problem with people who say, well, Indian Wells and Miami play like clay. No, they do not. Maybe Stuttgart, where only the women play, maybe. But even still, a slow hard court is faster than a fast clay court, okay? A slow grass court is faster than a fast not maybe indoor, not super fast, not super fast indoor hardcore, but it's still faster than hardcore. These courts will still play quick. They still favor big servers. The ball still sits low. Okay, the primary characteristics of grass are still the same. Maybe it plays a tad slower, and they have slowed it down over the years. And that's why you see more baseliners and not serving volley. Compared to 15 years ago, yes, it's a big deal. Compared to last year, no, it is a marginal difference. It is so minimal, and you see a lot of handicappers kind of over, like, over-handicapping the court speed, and, it, and it's costing them. Handicap this like it was last year's grass. It might be a, a 1% or 2% drop, and you, you can factor that in, or even 3%, but it's not like 10% difference. It's not a significant impactful difference um, in, in court speed. And it's driving me nuts because I'm seeing it all over my timeline. And yes, maybe it plays a bit slower, but no, it is not You know this, this muddy clay-like surface. What do you think, Spread? I think I think Jorge said that well, but I I did notice it was slower. Like for example, I really enjoyed the um, the Wang Mertens match that we were on opposite sides on today, Noobs. But you have to admit, you know, even being on the the wrong side, that was a fun match to watch. It was great, but it was, it was a lot of those forehands yeah. that she was putting away. I was really surprised that Mertens was getting to him, and I you know maybe I'm underestimating her speed or whatever. But it seemed like those were getting put away um, when Wang was playing last year in the Asian swing on those, those quicker hard courts there. So that was just one observation I made. It seemed for the big hitters, you know, it doesn't matter. Like Ostapenko's forehand still look blistering, but I think for the players that don't put as much pace on it, I think it shows up a little more. And I, th- I did think it showed up today in the wing Mertens match. Who is Ostapenko? Is that like the Latvian number 84 or something? Oh, she's this that's awesome mean. mixed doubles player. Oh, that that's was right. Mean. <laughs> that was just mean. Noobs, we go over this every week. Oh, you call me man. mean, I say I have to get my weekly shot in. Oh, this is this is how we operate it here at the Network Podcast. No, but souls of mean, you're not mean. <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, any, it doesn't sound like we're doing anything with Serena. You guys putting her in a parlay, you laying the five and a half no, games. No. Not even touching this one. Stritzova. I'd like to see CSN win. I think she's fun. I think she has a nice personality. I saw her on TV today talking about her backhand and how it's always been one-handed and no one tried to change it. And, you know, she's just a real nice person and really like to see her do well, but I do not think she has a chance. Yeah, how could you be mean to a guy like that, Jorge? It's the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> oh, I wasn't trying to be mean to spread. I was trying to be mean to Ostapenko. <laughs> it feels like the same thing. Yeah. Elise Mertens, minus 155 over Barbara uh, Zal Lavova, I think I got that right. Stritzova, plus one twenty-five. I got the total at twenty-one and a half. The spread is two, which for me is a is a non-thing. Um, what do you guys think about this match? Um, this looks lined right about to me. Any leans for you, spread? Well, I just wanted to point out that going into this grass season, I really thought Stritzova was was heading up for retirement. She did not have good results this year, other than. Uh, Maybe some Fed Cup and, and, you know, 
couple flashes of brilliance here or there. But she's really had a good bra- uh, grass season and kind of, you know, reinserted herself and said, hey, my career's not over yet. So, um, you know, if it wasn't for Coco Goff, this would have been my surprise of the tournament so far would be her little mini resurgence that she's experiencing right now. That being said, I was really impressed with Elise Mertens today, and I'm going to be taking Mertens to win this match. How about you, Jorge? Oh, this is this is a tough one for me. Um, I do think, for me, uh, my subscribers holding a huge long shot streak of a ticket. Uh, like I talked about it earlier, I think it's a good spot to back Mertens. You're getting a great price. It's easily hedgeable. Um, you know that you lose your point one, you know the streets go out, right? But you can make a lot on the Merton spread here. I think she has an easier time here than she did with Kyung Wong, honestly. Um, you know, it, and if Streetchkova wins, you know that's great. Um, I have her into the the quarters somehow, and a, a hope and a prayer that she beats Kvitova and Barty back to back. I mean, at this point, I think I've uh, these were all done pre. Uh, no, they were done post draw, and I still thought um, there was some equity to be had uh, with Streetchkova. Um, and I think this is the spot where I can get it. I've got a lot of room to work with. And if she loses, and when she loses to one of these players, I think it's. I don't think she's going to keep it close with Kvitova or Barty. So if she gets by Merton's great. Um, but she's going to be railroaded by the two, you know, big servers on 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 the quicker surface. Um, maybe not as quick as normal, but still quick surface. <laughs> I like <laughs> to, how you qualified that. I had to throw it in there just for all the, the Twitter folk who are going crazy over it. Um, yeah, I'm an asshole. We know this. I've got a reputation to maintain. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Deal with it. <laughs> well, uh, you definitely <laughs> maintain it today. <laughs> I do it every week, to be honest. I enjoy, you know, turning the needles. I don't know what that expression is, but um, yeah, I'll definitely be on... Uh, on Meritans here, just from that angle that, um, uh, as far as Streetchka goes, I'm just going to keep betting the spread against her. I think the farther she goes here, um, the the worse and worse the matchups get for her, and the more likely uh, she is to just be absolutely creamed. So this is where I start my extract value from my 400 to 1 uh, ticket that, you know, if she wins somehow the whole thing, it's 40 units of profit. I've got lots of uh, room to work with betting against her on the spread with uh, Meritans, Kvitova, Barty, and I mean, if Plushkova doesn't come out of the bottom half, I might even let that final ride. It could be very stupid and cost me a lot um, through previous hedges. Uh, but yeah, I think I think this is where I start try- trying to extract some value, some equity, I guess you would say. Indeed. I'll take just a second to brag because this is a really easy match if you have both women to win the quarter, which I do, so <laughs> I don't have to do anything. Um, I'm going to have at least a 22-1 to 1 ticket in the quarterfinal, um, and that should be a lot of fun. But I think if I was betting the match, Eileen Mertens here. Um, I have I have an interesting question for you then. Okay. Before we get I, – I know you want to talk about um, your lean on Mertens, but with that angle, you have – what is it, 22-1 to 1 or 40-1, to 1, Correct. Yeah, I have forty to one on Stritzova right. and twenty to one on Mertens. Now I'm, I'm really intrigued as to what is the more hedgeable play, should they run into Kvitova, in the quarter. I know you want your forty to one there, but that price might be so long, and you might have to to lay so many games on the hedge that you could lose both tickets. Would you almost? I, I know this all depends on the price, and there is math that works out that Mertens could be the better option for you. You know what I mean? I know that the numbers are yeah, lower. Yeah, and- I was thinking about it. 
What I was actually going to look to do when we get done here is to do the math and see if I want to try to balance my outrights a little bit. Right. See if there's a way I can get try to balance the number a little bit. But at the end of the day, um, you know, forty to one or twenty-two to one, I think that I have I'm going to have a good shot to hedge. I think I'd rather have Mertens because I think that match right. will be pretty close. Exactly. Um, and it'll be much much easier to hedge. But you know, even if it's Stritz of a I mean, Kvitova is maybe minus 300. Which, do you think she'd get to minus 400 in that match? I don't know. I do. I think she might get to minus... What, what's 1.2? Is that minus 500? Uh, yes. I think she'd get to like uh, minus one, or 1. 1.2 or 1.25, which would be minus 400, minus 500. I think that's going to be very tough for you to hedge. And there's a possibility that if she somehow keeps it close and you have to lay the games in your hedge, you lose both. I, I think if I'm sitting in your spot, I'd almost prefer Meritans to be there. It's still 22 to 1. There's still a ton of room to extract equity. Uh, the number's going to be a lot closer. It could be a lot cheaper uh, to hedge for a higher guaranteed profit. And it, it's it's odd. I'm, I, we can't say for sure because we don't know how the opening lines will come out. But I do think that you know this is one of those spots where you almost cheer for your 22 to 1. Yeah, I think that is what I'm going to be doing. Um, you're totally right. I mean, if you guys think that Kvitova could get up to minus 500 against Trudeau. I really do. That is that is close to not even hedgeable at that point. So if, put it um, this go way, Mertens. If she beats Conta badly, like she has another 6-4, 6-2 kind of match, and it's clear the injury is not an issue, then yes, I think uh, I think she's like minus 400, 500 if Switchwood gets through. Let's jump into that match then. Um, Joe Conta's plus 135 against Kvitova, minus 175. Um, I think this match is going to be a lot of fun. It's pretty early in the day, so none of the derivative markets have opened up. I'm going to be looking to stuff like, yes, will there be a tiebreaker? See if I can find some adjusted game numbers on the uh, first or second set overs. Um, I think this what, is going to be an interesting match. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Ori. What uh, what book were you looking at there? I've just got Bovada open in front of me, so I haven't done too much digging. Um, sometimes yes, no on tiebreakers is hard to find. Okay, so for me, I'm seeing minus 150 at Unibet. Yeah, I got minus 150 at nine. On yes, there will be a tiebreak? No. Oh, I thought you were talking up. about the money line. Oh, no, no sorry, the money line. Up. Yeah, no, it's Bovada sometimes when they open prices, they end up getting pretty juicy. I haven't done the margin yeah, counts yet. The but the spreads, the spreads look a little wider than they normally are. Usually 135 on the, on the dog would be 165 on the favorite. So um, okay. I think they keep them juicy to open. So as always, people, check as many books as you can. And, and yeah, and if you're a Canadian or European listener and you have the, you know, Bet Hard, Bet 365, 1X Bet, Pinnacle, Unibet uh, options, or Marathon is open to you too. If you have those books, go to Odds Portal and also check the payout column. Uh, see how much of the money that they take and they actually pay out. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of books that the juice is so much, uh, like, uh, how do you say it? Scammy? I don't know how you how you say it, but some books take a lot more than others. Um, so here Unibet has minus 150 or minus 149 to be more precise um, on my odds calculator converter here. That is to me, I just, I know Joe Contes had a, had a nice season. Her grass season hasn't been that great. She's turned it around at Wimbledon and she did great on clay, but it's pretty apparent to me that Kvitova doesn't look too injured. So, one, I don't pay this much juice anyway on the money line. So if she is somehow hurt and it flares up and she has to retire, I'm fine with that because I'll be on her spread anyway. Um, and if she toughs it out and loses outright, then whatever, the spread and money line both lose. I don't see many situations where Kvitova wins and doesn't cover, you know, unless Conta redlines for a set. Um, and with the home crowd behind her, perhaps. I think the spread here is a great play at, at you know, 1.67 odds on the money line. You're only going to have to pay uh, 
two and a half games. A 7-6-7-5 is a tight match. It still cashes, and I, I don't think it's going to be that tight. So this is definitely a play for me. Conta Kvitova, um, Kvitova is good. You know, I, I, I did my men's, some of the men's matches yesterday. There's not a whole lot on Manic Monday I love, um, so I'm probably going to be for... You know, the odd day here, I might be very low volume, or at least at Wimbledon, maybe not at the challenger level, but um, low volume on Manic Monday, but uh, but there might be a, a multi-unit player or two out there, so it'll be interesting. What do you think, Spread? You going with the Brit or the Czech? Uh, I hope I'm going, Czech. I'm going, yeah, I'm going Czech. I already huh. placed this bet. Um, I was trying to think of a way that Conta wins this, and my guess would be Kvitova just doesn't play her best. I know that Conta, um, you know, can be very defensive and get the ball back, not not, not uh, as well as redirect pace. But um, yeah, I think this is Kvitova's match to lose. Obviously, with the uh, with me putting the outright on her, I believe on her, I believe in her. I don't think that her injury is as bad as it was made to be, and I think that we're seeing. Um, not Pete Petra yet, but we were getting pretty close there in the Australian Open, and maybe we can get a return to that, because that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think is maybe something I'll put in, like, a parlay for her money line. I know Conta can be tough and likes to steal sets here and there, but... Even yeah, I don't know if spread, I would do this red there. I would stay away from this red. I would lay the extra juice. No thanks. We'll get into that in the offseason. I'll try to do some more research into the difference between small spreads and, and money lines. Uh, we go back and forth on that. I know, Jorge, you like to lay the small spreads, whereas uh, Spread and I tend to stay away from them. And, and to be fair, I'm like that with the dogs, too. A lot of a lot of people ask me, why not play the plus games? And I say, look, if I'm getting, uh, like today, Kukushkin, if that goes five sets, my plus games, is, you know, plus four or five, or, yeah, it's sweat-free, but it's around minus, I'm paying minus 110 to do it. If it's going to go five sets, it's it's basically, or even four close sets, okay? I'm getting plus 288 on the money line. Are you, Like, if it's going to go five sets, the, it's clearly be turned into a coin flip matchup. So barring an injury, if you're going to take the spread thinking it's close, I just believe you should be on an underdog money line. And same thing goes um, with, with these. If you think it's a really close matchup, minus 150 can be expensive. If you think it's a... a a fairly easy win, then I, I I think you have to take the spread, and I don't see many situations in which Conta covers the spread and loses. I think if Kavito's injury flares up or or Conta redlines, I think she almost wins outright. I just think it it it's the plus EV move here is definitely to lay the games, but I I think it's just you know it's a thought process thing because I know a lot of people are on the other side of that, you know, play it safe and still play it near even money. Um, so you're not paying a lot of juice, but you're still getting the or lowering your risk. I I understand both sides of it. I think it's just I'm much more prone to the uh, the lay the uh, games with the faves and play the money lines with the dogs. All right, next up, Petra Martic is even odds. I'm seeing um, against Alina Svitolina, a small favorite at minus one twenty-five. You broke this down a little bit for us earlier, Jorge, but are you confident in Svitolina's ability to move through this match? This this seems so 50-50 to me, and I think Spread mentioned that too, That uh, or at least, I don't know if it was the beginning of the show or show prep, but he did say that if you could only watch one match on Monday, this would be it, and the market tends to agree. I think Svilina opened around minus 125, and it's, it's almost, a, oh no, so some places opened her, uh, yeah, no, Pinnacle opened her minus 117. Um, she's worked her way up and down back to 117. I think it's a 50-50 match. 
and uh, I think you'll see that number uh, tighten up to minus 110, minus 110. That's where it should be. Um, Svidanlis look better this week, but I don't think I'm going to bet a side here. I think you talked about wanting to come back to, to taking both of them to win the quarter. Was it 4-1? to one? Yeah, so that was the interesting angle that I was looking at. You know, if they come out of this match, let me just take a look at the draw one more time and, and double check and see then who's you just, at the bottom. Then you just uh, right, bet Pliskova. Pliskova. Right, exactly. Yeah. Seems like a nice kind of... Uh, that seems like a nice proposition. I think that's probably the better way to play it than take a side, pick a side in this one. Yeah, that was kind of my thoughts. You know, the, it's lined evenly here. I think you're right. This is the correct price for that. But I can't imagine the winner of this match going into the match against Pliskova and being you know, plus 300 even. Um, so you put yourself in a good position for that next round. What do you think, Spread? Are you taking a side here? I, I think that this is the most interesting match. Like I said before, if I can only watch one, this is the match to watch. I think it's a fantastic, you know, matchup of styles. I think they both do a lot of things well all-court, you know, matchup of two all-court players. I think that the surface, um, debatable how fast it is, but I think it'll give both women a chance to, you know, just show how well they can do uh, everything they can defend well. They can move towards the net. They can put away shots when they need to. They're both pretty proficient uh, volleying if they need to be. So I think it should be a fun match and should get a chance for them both of them to display it. Um, off recent form, I would lean Petra, but I don't know if I'm going to be placing the bet. Uh, I'm a little scared of Svitolina. I think that she has a little more experience and she kind of knows how to play the tight points well. I know that she's not going to get. Uh, nervous or tight, you know, during the big points of the match, and um, she's essentially two to one head to head. And the one that Martich won was in 2013, although they were both on clay. Don't know how much you can take from that, but um, right now this seems to be an only watch the match. But you know, if I have to pick it, and we're just picking for fun, no money down, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick Petra Martich because I think she's in a little better form right now. This would be a fun one if you're watching and you have access to live betting. Just take whoever gets broken first. It won't be a bad bet. And get some uh, plus money. Yeah. yeah. Our buddy Gav does that. Doesn't really watch the matches. Just grabs the above plus 150 each time on the swings. We, uh, yeah, I'm actually – I just got a copy yesterday. Dan Weston wrote a book about tennis trading that I'm excited to get into. But um, did you I think that's not a terrible bet. Is that the, uh, uh, the, the trading one? Yeah, the, yeah, the basics of trading ten, live tra- trading tennis, I guess. And you know what? So. I'll, I'll I'll second that endorsement. I bought that as well. Go follow Dan at Tennis Ratings. Um, he does a lot of work with Pinnacle. He does a lot of work with Betfair. Probably one of the best tennis betting minds uh, on social media for you. Um, I have that book as well, and I would. It's a, yeah. it's a tad more expensive because it's in British pounds on Amazon. But I mean, really, if you're want to be successful and make a lot of money doing this, a, you know, forty, fifty dollar investment on an ebook is not, not all that crazy. So, um, I'll second that endorsement there. We don't have access to Betfair here, do we? You're not able to. Get we do on not. There. I can't even no. read his articles on there sometimes, which is very yeah. disappointing. Um, but Dan is very great. I wish I had seen his write up about uh, Carlos Suarez Navarro, and I wouldn't have taken Davis. But life moves <laughs> on. Uh, Carolina Pliskova minus seven fifty, a giant favorite over Carolina Muchova. Uh, plus 425 is what I'm seeing, plus five and a half games. The total is at 19 and a half, and I've actually already put half a unit on over two and a half sets. Um, it was plus 265 when I bet it. I'm seeing plus 255 now. I actually like that all the way down to plus 230. Uh, but we'll go back to the match itself. Um, Pliskova is a huge favorite. It seems a little expensive to me. What do you think, Spread? 
it is too expensive, but with their form, you have to, uh, it's right for the form because you're going to have to get a lot. Number one, we mentioned Muchova is one of the least known players. It's actually a skilled. She, I think she's the one of the most undervalued players right now, but I do not think this is a spot to take advantage of it. I think that um, the debatably slower surface helps Pliskova. I think that, you know, she's just playing really well right now. I would not want to get in front of her, you know, after her her win and her dominant performance in Eastbourne, and she's kind of been rolling through. Now, Shea uh, took a set off her, but we all know that she doesn't uh, <clears throat> enjoy Shea's style of play. She doesn't like hitting with her, and she had that famous funny quote that she wouldn't practice with her. Um, but I think that Muchova's going to Was that funny? Of, I thought it was. I kind of took offense to that. I, I, I was <laughs> yeah. kind of disappointed in Pliskova. I, I thought she was kind of being whiny. You know, God forbid she have to think in a tennis match. I know it's so difficult for her sometimes. <laughs> Hey, when um, you're a ball basher, you want to get out there and bash the ball. You don't want to figure out where the ball's slicing and spinning to, you know? It was, I was disappointed by, by the remarks. Now, Jorge, I know that you're a, a Machova fan. I don't think you've better as much as you have Cooter Monster this year, but quite a few times. What do you think? Uh, uh, these, you're right. Their spread was right size. Some of these lines are so expensive that there's value probably in fading Barty, Williams, and... Um, Plushkova here. I mean, if just you got on one upset, numbers. if you if you faded all three of them and you got one upset, you'd end up profiting, right? Yeah, it's not for the weak of heart or the faint of heart. Like, yeah, it's going to be ugly because all three could easily lose, and that's three units down the drain. But mathematically, I I just don't see how. I mean, you parlay all three of these women, and the price is still going to be insanely expensive. And then you know, I just I don't think that they're the prices are right here. Um. I would love to see. I'll I'll root for Muchova to win just to clear another big name uh, out of the way for for the Bardi future. Um, I would love to see you know Carla win. I would love to see Muchova win. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Kvitova lose, even though I think that there's huge value and I'll probably better in the in the long run. It really makes it easier for Bardi. So um, yeah, I think that uh, th these prices are off. I'm probably. I might have a go at at, at Matrova plus games. I if think there's probably some value there. Yeah, I like that. If you and so just to get your parlay, if you take Barty Williams and uh, Pushkova put them together, it's still minus two hundred, which is just insane. Jesus, that's yeah, the plus madness. five and a half games really stuck out to me. Do you I've think is a good enough server, you know, to get us a seven six or or even a seven five? Um, you know, we're gonna need a seven five, probably six three type match. What do you think? I don't think you need a seven five. You can get a six four. It's same thing. Oh, right. It just it seems like we're gonna have some some longer sets here, and I think if it's short, Pliskov is breaking a lot. Yeah, I would prefer I would prefer uh, that we have seven five in the second set because <laughs> those seven five first sets often break these players' spirits, and you see it goes seven five six two, and you watch that five and a half just. Fade I away think seven tonight. six is even worse. Yeah, when you lose a tough tie break, and then they, yeah, they seven six one six one. one. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'll take I'll take uh, like a six four. 7-5, I'll be happy with that. Uh, I think I'll probably be on Matrova plus games here, though. I think uh, the, the, my only issue is that Caroline Plushko, when she has been winning lately, has been covering even five or five and a half games a lot. Um, I've got to really take a look at the quality of competition, though. I don't, I, I'm not a huge fan of she's covered the spread every time or she's covered the spread X amount of times if we don't also uh, account for the quality of competition. Um but it, I think there's there's a, a decent case to be made here for the the plus games uh, with the dog for sure. 
on Machova, but it's it's not going to be one of my favorite bets. Put it that way. Um, so you guys, neither of you guys are worried about Pushkova basically steamrolling her at the Australian Open this year. Um, uh, I mean, no. yes, but you know, Machova is a much different player than she was a few months ago. I think, I think so. Yeah. I think she's yes, that I, I mean, that's, that's almost half a year it's, ago. It's and remember, you're talking about a 22 year old. If this is a 28 year old, no, they don't improve that much in a six-month span, or at least not as frequently. It's happened, but it's much more rare. We're talking about a 22-year-old kid. The development in, a, in, a, in, a, in the time span of a few months, you know, she's got her first title under her belt. Or no, she doesn't. She lost that final. Sorry. Yes. Teichman had her first title. But she's made, you know, a final. Um, you know, she's come through three matches at Wimbledon. The first two weren't that impressive. Contivate's a very nice win. Don't say anything, noobs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, she comes through. Fine. She comes through qualies at Miami to go to the second round. She comes through qualies to go to the quarterfinals in Doha. Um, this is all since losing to Pliskova at the Australian Open. By the way, that Mutrova only lost by seven games. You're not telling me that all these results that have happened since and the, the developments happened since, she's not maybe two games better? I think you can make a case here. Well, I'm staying away from this match, but I think that you guys have made a good case for it, especially uh, as to why that not to take too much from the result earlier in the year. Simona Halep, a big favorite, minus 450 over America's Hero. Coco Goff, plus 340. So how much money are we going to bet on Coco Goff, guys? Minus money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm putting money on this match, it's going to Simona. Yep. So actually, I, I didn't get a chance to pull up Odds Portal. Any chance either one of you have it here? Yes, I, I when I looked at this line, it's moved a ton. Do you have the history of this of this line in front of you, maybe, Jorge? Uh, yeah, well, I, I always go to Pinnacle as my go-to first. They have probably, oh, this is another term I hate, the sharpest betters. Um, are you sharp? <laughs> are you even sharp, bro? <laughs> Gambling Twitter terminology drives me nuts. Old school 1960s Vegas. Uh, it went from minus 400 to like... One one point two five to one. It's moved three cents. It's moved a lot, but I swear I saw like a minus two hundred or a minus two fifty when it first popped. Maybe really? I don't know. I might. I might. No. Mis- I might not be remembering it correctly. Yeah, you might, I think you misread that. Maybe it was a mistake. If anyway. there was and I missed it, I I, I might quit betting. But um, no, not even one X bet, which sometimes open them uh, insanely. Uh, you know, terrible opening lines until Pinnacle comes in and says, "What do you guys do?" And the market hammers them down. Um, they even opened them uh, 1.26, which is slightly under minus 400, I think. Uh, so it, it's been around here. The, the spread has been consistently five, uh, five games at, you know, under minus 120. So a little bit juicy. I don't like to pay a little more than one minus 115 on spreads, but a uh, little bit juicy, five and a half. Or sorry, no, five games for golf is plus money, but on Halep's side, it's a little juicy. Five and a half games gets you to plus money. So they really think this is coming down to five games. I don't. Um, I think, again, contextualize the information we have at our disposal. Halep has looked very solid. Um, Goff is, can hit. I don't think she has the power to hit through Simona, though. Um, Simona's going to be a better mover than Rybrakova. She's not going to make the errors Herzog did. And, you know, she's just better in every way right now than a 39-year-old Venus Williams. So this is her toughest, st- stiffest test. I'm not sure Goff will have the crowd overwhelmingly on her side. She'll have the Brits on her side. But there will always be Romanians at Hallett matches. And they, you know, 100 Romanians will drown out 1,000 
golf clapping Brits any day of the week. Um, <laughs> I, I'm seriously though. I mean, like you know, it's it's true. Their their support everywhere is absolutely in Toronto. I watched her match in a half empty uh, Aviva Center at the at Rogers Cup. Man, I could not believe how loud it was for how empty the the, the stadium was. These supporters go absolutely bananas for Simona Halep. She's a true national hero. Um, and I think that does make a difference. It, uh, if not for her, for her opponent, especially if it's a 15-year-old, although Goff is fairly composed. And it, But I, I, I'll be on Simona, I think, in some capacity, or maybe an under if I don't like five and a half. But the only way Goff covers this spread in my mind right now is by taking advantage and really attacking Simona's serve. Um, she's Simona's going to break her fairly often. Uh, and I think that's going to be a result of one, um, she's going to attack off second serve, and two, Goff has been known to go big on second serve. She's okay with a few double faults in order to, you know, kind of try and steal some second serve points. Um, double faults against Simona, that's like, that's they're tough to, to escape because free points when Simona's returning. She's so good on return, you give her free points and you're, you're asking to be broken. So I think that... Uh, it comes down to how many times Goff can break Halep as to whether she covers the spread or not. So what do you think is the better bet? I'm seeing plus five games at even money or plus one and a half sets at plus 130. Do you have a you're, preference between those two? You're talking about Goff? Yeah, Goff. Plus five games or plus one and a half sets. Again, plus one and a half sets a little better pricing at, at plus 130. I see. Plus 147 at Pinnacle. Um, there we go. That's even and that's, better. that's down from as high as plus 161. Uh I, I think the games are... I don't think she takes a set-off Halep. If she does, I'd be stunned. And good for her. I don't think she takes a set-off Halep. How about you, um, Spread? You got any faith in the young American? No. <laughs> to answer your question, if you know you gave me money and you said I had to bet one of the two, I would take the plus five. But, um, yeah, this is where I think... you know There's a difference between playing Polona Hercog and playing Simona Halep, and I think that it's going to be evident here. Um, I actually think that minus five might be worth a look. This might be where the run ends, um, especially with a player like Simona Halep, who's not going to give a lot of free points, and Coco's really going to have to be to play perfect in order to win. Um, and you know what? Who's to, who's to say she can't, you know? Um, she's young. She might not know any better. Like, hey, you know, here I am. I'm here to do this. But uh, I think that if uh, you were to make a play, I think that Simona uh, minus the games is the best play. Yeah, I'm actually leaning towards the plus one and a half sets instead of the plus five. I think if Halep plays her best, we're looking at like a 6-4, 6-2 kind of match. Uh Um, But it's going to be really tough for me to find a way to bet Goth. This may be another good spot to, you know, if she comes out and gets broken early, maybe take her live in some capacity. The reason I would take, say, take the plus five over the plus sets is I just think it'd be a lot more likely that she's able to to, to hold serve and get to a tie break. And, you know, if she gets to a 7-6 in the first, you pretty much are going to cover that. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to go with the under 19.5. I don't think she holds enough to get to a tie break. Um, and I think the books have it at, at set at five games. They're looking at a 6-4, six, 6-3 six, here. Uh, and at 19.5, I have even money. I'll take the under 19.5 here, um, thinking Simona d- does cruise uh, against Goff. And it's, this is a tough draw for Goff after you know three matches, but uh, I, I think this is where it ends. Well, this next match, the final match here in the round of 16, is a good reminder to everyone and anyone that follows and tries to handicap the WTA. As soon as you think you have things figured out, 
Hmm. They go the other way. Joe Conta won more clay points this year than she has in her entire career combined. And Shui Zhang is here, for some reason, still playing in Wimbledon. She's made it to the second week, and she is only a plus-160 underdog to Diane Ostremska. Jorge, how does it feel to lose so much money betting on, on someone who's never really won anything on grass? Oh, boy. It's one of those weeks where you look back and you say, I had a great week. We did very well. We were very successful profited i think every day but one and the one day was like a minus 0.8 units or something whereas you know a lot of the days were plus you know today's gonna be plus one uh after this evans collapse you know yesterday was plus three the day before that plus four so uh it's one of those things where you're happy with the week as a whole but then you, you look at your record and you see how much or how many you know units you spent and how much money you spent fading shui zhang and thinking man if only she had a loss where she was supposed to uh or where you you know, she would have in previous years, it would have been even better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to the well again. Um, my only issue here is that Yastrzemska can get so hot and cold, uh, and she's a bit steadier, so I almost wonder if the the 1.56, uh, no, sorry, 1.54 number that I'm showing at Pinnacle and at 1x bet might be the root in a parlay. Um, with another favorite, whether it be from a challenger, or the men's side, or, or whatever whatever I dig into, I'm leaning towards that being the smarter play because for me, minus, you know, if, if I'm at 1.54, I don't want to be doing three and a half games because at that point, you know, you're almost they're almost implying a 6-4, 6-4 win. The straight sets number is better. Um, and, you know, I'm only getting, I'm seeing here that I'm only getting, uh, like 40 cents to give up three and a half games seems a bit much three and a half is juiced uh so i'm i'm probably gonna go with uh, the money line parlay here for uh, with diana i think i might put her with kavitova what do you think spread you you taking yastremska here or are you gonna stay away from the new queen of grass shui Zhang? well yeah you didn't know that the wta hired the game of thrones writers and they said that's the way it will surprise everyone is put shui Zhang in the round of 16 uh, no, but, but yes, I do want to reach out to the tennis bracket challenge guys and see if they can tell me how many people pick Shui Zhang to win even one match, let alone this many. I know, huh? You'd probably be in first place if you had that in your bracket. I noticed you're beating me in the bracket too, Noobs. You, oh, wonderful. I didn't check. Thanks for the update. And I have so much red, I don't think there's any way I can catch you. But yeah. I, I, yes, Trump's good actually doesn't surprise me. She's a big hitter, uh, moves well, and she's got a lot of talent. She's been doing well. She did well in the fast. Uh, Courtsy in the in the year last year, so Yastremska wasn't a surprise in this match. Zhang is a complete surprise, and because of that, I mean, like it's one of those things. If you give me money and you say, "Hey, you have to bet this match," I'll just go ahead and lay lay the juice with Yastremska. But because we've been so wrong about Zhang, and and obviously there is something that she's doing that we're not seeing, that we're not aware of, and then our numbers aren't indicating or projecting for us, uh, I'm I'm staying away from this match. You know what? Sometimes when I can't put the words on what frustrates me when players overperform, spread is always there to word it perfectly. That's exactly it. That's what frustrates me the most. Is it something I'm not seeing? I don't it's not that she's winning, it's that what am I missing as a handicapper, right? You always want to have that information and you know, you want to be able to contextualize it and and you know, understand the information to create the best bets possible and something with her it, it's just not clicking for me and uh Kanto was like that on clay too although i think when i started watching Kanto more i started to understand and i slowed down fading her but with shui zhang there's you're you're right 100 that's what's bothering me the most yeah because even on the tape study it's not 
it's not jumping out to me yes. like, oh, this is what we missed, you know? 110%. Like, it doesn't seem like she's serving, like, I mean, her serve is fine, but it's not jumping out. The ball's not jumping off her racket. Um, you know, she's she's always moved well side to side, but that's not something that I would consider, you know, a prerequisite for grass success, so. Um, the only thought that I had was she played a lot more doubles this year. Have you guys uh, noticed her play at the net be any better? Mm. You know what? There you go. That that could be a big factor, especially yeah, because be factor. her and Stozer have played very well. Uh, and Grass is one of those games where if you can come to net and you have a you have good hands and a good volley game, um, it's very effective. Also, by the way, that's why Barty is is going to be such a great Grass player. It's not just the serve. It's not just the slice. It's the fact that she's become a very very capable doubles player. Um, I think that this is why Mertens as well is so much more comfortable than people realize on grass. Her and Sabalenka have become an incredible uh, doubles pairing um, this season. I think a lot of these women have really worked on their volleying, and it's going to show on grass. And that could be that could be it. Isn't it funny that Mertens Sabalenka pairing too? Because personality wise, you don't necessarily like think that they would click so well together but even on the court they seem to have like a great friendship and they seem to be having a lot of fun out there as well as being successful yeah, right. yeah. we'll keep an eye out for that let me know if you guys see, see anything there but I think that's just about it unless you guys have anything to add are we good? oh we're good I had a blast uh, hopefully people don't get too mad at me taking shots at a lot of different things today but you know that's just what you get with Jorge man that's right <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, for well, listening. Well, I, I want to throw one more thing nope. in there. I just wanted to mention that on a week where Nick Kyrgios got a lot of attention for hitting Rafael Nadal with the ball, uh, our, my favorite, Jelena Ostapenko, was able to hit Alizé Cornet twice uh, in the doubles <laughs> match and not receive one word of criticism. So credit to her for that. No, well, it's sexism. It's just sexism. <laughs> it's just sexism against Cornet. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you had a great week and look forward to the next week of tennis. Please follow us on Twitter at NetworthPod. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We appreciate the subscriptions, the downloads, and all your thoughts. And have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers.